Welcome to Press Play, the Street Cred podcast with Elena Krasnow, yours truly, and Jimmy Moak from Street Cred PR. In this podcast, Jimmy and I will welcome industry leaders, journalists, influencers, and friends of the firm to shed some light on who they are and the various twists and turns that led them to where they are today. We're grateful to have you listening in, and we hope you enjoy the show. My name is Elena Krasnow. Welcome to Press Play, the Street Cred podcast. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm the editorial manager and client brand evangelist at Street Cred PR. As your host, I'm proud to present the first ever episode of Press Play. Our goal in launching the show was to give industry leaders, journalists, and inspiring human beings the chance to shine and share their stories centered around the role PR can play in a business's growth and success. We will break down the show into two segments, Press, where we dive into all the hard news about our guest's life and their professional goals, and then Play, where we have a little extra fun with it. For our first episode, we will be telling the story of our agency, Street Cred PR, with our first ever guest, founder Jason Lajita, and our managing partner, Jimmy Moak. Though he will usually appear as my co-host, today, Jimmy is sitting in the guest slash hot seat. Okay, let's meet our guests. For a little backstory about these two PR guys, Jason Lajita is the founder of Street Cred PR and a longtime financial services public relations practitioner. He started his career in-house at United Capital Financial Advisors and then received his MBA from UC Irvine in 2009. After a brief stop at an international PR firm, he launched his first PR agency in 2012. After six years of building the organization from the ground up, he sold his stake in the business and returned to his roots of working with an RIA, Integrated Partners. Soon, the entrepreneurial bug bit him again, and he felt compelled to launch StreetCred PR in September 2020. Integrated Partners became client number one and remains a client to this day. Beyond the nuts and bolts of Jason's resume, he is also a devoted, kind, and passionate leader who is deeply respected by our team and appreciated. It's an absolute pleasure to have him on to help tell the story of the small but mighty agency we have built with up to 19 PR professionals and 35 clients strong in just over two and a half years in business. Our other guest on with us today is no less impressive. It's my delight to introduce the Jimmy Moak, financial services, public relations veteran and media expert. For the first leg of his career, Jimmy spent years in the fast-paced and creative New York City PR agency environment, working closely with C-level executives and comms teams on critical business communications. His clients ranged from Fortune 500 conglomerates to startups and included heavy hitters like Sony Broadcast and Business Solutions, Panasonic, General Electric, and more. For the last 17 years, Jimmy has focused his full attention on leading public relations campaigns for financial service companies across the entire swath of our sectors of sectors in our industry. Let's just say there aren't many kinds of firms that Jimmy hasn't represented. And after you hear him speak for about 30 seconds, his experience will practically smack you in the face. This guy knows financial services PR. His thought leadership has found its way into articles and publications like the Wall Street Journal and RIA Biz. Then, luckily for us on Team Street Cred, in 2021, Jimmy left his previous agency and decided it was time to join forces with Jason at Street Cred PR to build the PR agency they had both always dreamed of, which didn't exist until now. Thank you both for being on the show. I'm eager to dive into our topic today and turn the mic over to these two brilliant minds to tell the story of Street Cred and why we have rebranded public relations as credibility marketing for the betterment of our clients and our business. But first, Jimmy, considering it's about noon Eastern, what did you have for lunch today? So glad you asked, Elena. I was talking to Jason before we uh, we got online here for 
our mm. first pod recording. And I told him that I had just broken fast because, as <laughs> you know, my bio on our site talks about all of the fad diets and craft beers that I enjoy. So the latest <laughs> one I'm, I'm working on is fasting. So I haven't eaten since yesterday at about 4 p.m. Eastern. Wow. So it's been a minute. And uh, I had an everything bagel with lox, cream cheese, tomato, and onions, along with a tall glass of water and black coffee. Sounds delightful. As a Jewish person, I really appreciate a lox bagel. No, it was lox, cream cheese. It was not sliced fish. I like to refer to that as a poor man's uh, lox and bagel (laughs) sandwich. <laughs> are you are you really doing this? Are you going to fast again now that you've eaten a little bit? You're going you're fasting. Yeah, for some reason. So I'm not allowed to eat again until 1:30 a.m. Eastern. And I guess <laughs> interesting the timing. There, yeah. So the the trick there with fasting yeah. is like you really only end up eating once a day because if I really want this diet to work, I'm not going to set my alarm to wake up at 1:30 in the morning to have a snack and then go back to bed. <laughs> No, that wouldn't help. Well, stay tuned for more outrageous dieting tips from Jimmy as we proceed through our episodes in the future. Um, I've said a lot about you two already, but fill in the blanks for our listeners. Please, can you each tell us a little bit about yourselves, who you are, and how the two of you came together to build Street Cred PR? Jason, I'll pass it to you first. Thanks, Elena. Well, Jimmy and I have a long history together. So I started out in the industry at United Capital. And when I ended up leaving United Capital, lo and behold, who took over the PR account of the entire company? It was this guy. <laughs> and that's when he first came on radar for me. Sorry, Jim Pavia, you know, he doesn't like people to say, come on radar. But Jimmy first appeared as a little blip on my radar back in about 2009. And I was very curious to see what he was going to be able to do with United Capital. I felt I had done a pretty good job with them. And I was there for, I think, just shy of six years. And immediately, he just starts swinging for the fences, and they're all over the place. And I'm like, who is this guy? Uh, this is nuts. He's he's better than me. He's doing he's at a rapid pace. He's actually putting United Capital out there more quickly than I had. I immediately just took note of how good he was. Lomo, like years later, you know, I'd been following what he had been doing for United Capital. We met at the Market Council Summit. And that was the first time he and I had ever come face to face. We we're, of course, at the bar, but we you know, <laughs> looked at each other across the bar, had a, had a pint in hand. And I'm like, I know that guy. And he looks at me, he goes, all right. So we, we come together, start having a conversation, some friendly banter, started talking about PR. It was very quickly, at least as I recall it, we realized that we had the same sort of ethos and approach to PR. We took our journalist relationships very seriously. We took a lot of pride in getting clients great media coverage. Uh, and more importantly, we just hit it off as as buddies at the bar. Like we were just hanging out, talking, you know, 10 minute conversation turned into an hour, turned into two hours. We're still sitting there talking and just sort of, you know, off the cuff, like, hey, wouldn't it be cool someday in some alternate universe if we worked on the same team together, if we played on the same team? So that was our first meeting. And, you know, flash forward many years later, I think it's six, seven years later, when Street Cred launched, I was very, very excited. We launched in September of 2020. And in October of 2020, you know, that's when I got the call, like, hey, are you 
are you still up for it? Are you still interested in working together? Hell yeah, I am. So we started talking. And then before too long, uh, Jimmy came over to Street Cred. And that was a huge milestone day for us as an agency, just for us as friends, to be friends, to be partners, to be able to build this together. Just super exciting. Yeah, I love how you both went to United Capital, and I'm so glad that we now exist in said alternate universe where street cred PR is here, and both of you are leading the charge. Jimmy, what's your version of the story? What do you have to add? Well, he covered it almost accurately. There were, um, I think there was a few more prominent United Capital hits for Joe Duran and the team there, but I I think Jason did a, a well enough job. And then also when we made that eye contact at uh, the blue bar, the fountain blue, I don't know if at first it was sunshine and rainbows and we were skipping in a meadow together, Um, (laughs) but uh, it did quickly get there. At first I was thinking to myself, my gosh, I guess I have to finally talk to this guy because now we are in the same room. And um, I'll admit there was a little bit of, you know, the, competitive fire in in my belly and um but we came together and jason's jason's uh story uh, of the events is, is actually really really accurate and what i remember most about that night is that I think Jason, it might have been like four hours that we were talking about PR and, and war stories and and things that we've seen in the industry. And um what he didn't tell you, Elena, is that for the next, I don't know, five years or so, Jason and I continued to have conversations on Friday or Saturday nights. And I remember walking around in my backyard, maybe having a, an adult beverage or, or a beer. And we just continued to talk. And maybe it took too long, but I realized that it took the right amount of time. Because from the moment that we did join forces, it has been the proverbial rocket ship. And um, Elena, you're a huge part of that. And uh, I count my blessings because of the team that I've been able to join and help shape. Well, firstly, thank you for that fact check on Jason's story. It was needed. <laughs> and thank you also for the shout out. We have the best team that you could dream up. I'm so honored to work with every single person that stands at Street Cred. Um, I'm going to pivot us a little bit because I am a sucker for a great anecdote and everyone loves a good learning moment. So on that note, any funny, embarrassing, inspiring PR story from earlier in your careers that you care to share? Jimmy, being the excellent storyteller that you are, I'm going to kick us off with you. All right. Now, the details are a little bit hazy because this was about 22, 23 years ago. But I have a feeling when any of my colleagues at uh, Peppercom hear this story, they will get a good laugh. During the early days of the internet, there was a fun website where it was you would go to it and it would ask you your your first and your last name, and then it would spit out your name as if you were a member of the Wu Tang Clan. And so I forget what my name was, but I you know I'd type in Jimmy Moke, and then it would spit out something ridiculous. 
And as a 23-year-old junior account executive, of course, I thought that this was the funniest thing I've seen in the past hour. And what do I do? But forward it to all of my friends via email so that they could join in the fun. What I didn't know is that a Fortune 10 company at the time who was our client, I also sent it along to her. And she was our direct day-to-day at a very, very significant client of the firm's. And she got it and she sent it along to the owners of the agency. So then Steve Cody pulls me in. Steve Cody, who is the founder of Peppercom, pulls me into the to his office and he says, we just lost the XX account. And do you know why, Jimmy? And I said, no, what happened? And he showed me the copy of my email that I had forwarded to the client. And of course, my face went white. My stomach (laughs) dropped. I absolutely felt like dirt. And they let me sweat it out for a few minutes. And then they said, just kidding. We did not lose the account, Jimmy, but (laughs) you need to realize that what you did here is not acceptable, unsatisfactory, and you need to be really careful about what you're doing with, with email as it relates to clients, the media, the team, et cetera. So lesson learned. And I believe to this date, I've only made that mistake like 10 more times. So obviously- With the Wu-Tang name specifically or- No, no, just you know, forwarding along stuff for parties that shouldn't be in the recipient field. I'm just kidding. I haven't done that again. Yes. Mind, being mindful of internal and external comms, incredibly essential. Correct. Jason, what about you? Yeah. First of all, I've had a few of those moments myself, not as a member of the Wu-Tang Clan, but <laughs> accidentally sending emails on that you didn't mean to, uh, which is always a hair-raising experience. And hopefully not as bad as as you think. My my one of the biggest learning experiences for me was back in two thousand nine. I was pretty green at the agency that I was working at. Ron Carson was a client. Was actually the first client that came on and joined me at that agency, the Carson Group. Um, at the time, it was just Carson Wealth Management. So. I was taking Ron around New York City on a media tour. Uh, (laughs) Any PR person or client who's ever been on a media tour knows how tiring those can be, especially if you pack one in, you have six to eight stops all day from breakfast all the way through into the evening, sometimes even with a dinner at the end of the day. It's just a really tiring thing. And this was our last stop of the day. It was like 4.35. We're in the Thomson Reuters offices. Now at the time... Ron and Carson Wealth was still with LPL and LPL had just decided that it was going to IPL and I'm sitting there exhausted. Ron's tired. Everyone is exhausted. I think Steve Sandusky was actually there too. He was there at the time and we're all just wiped out and the journalist was not wiped out. This reporter was very eager to speak with Ron and had clearly had an agenda (laughs) in mind. Uh, So again, rookie agency practitioner, end of the day on a media tour, and the LPL IPO is about to happen. And markets were pretty choppy back then, if you remember. So 
I think the first question to Ron was, hey, Ron, wouldn't you say that the timing of the LPL IPO is terrible? <laughs> now, if, if you are a PR person listening to this, you're cringing right now. You're like, Dip, that's when you jump in and you say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, don't put words in Ron's mouth. What are you doing? Like, he never said that. What are you talking about? Let's rephrase that. Okay. But I didn't say that. I was asleep at the wheel. <laughs> so Ron goes, yes, but... And then proceeds to launch into a two-minute reasoning about why the L the IPO is not terrible, right? But because he said yes first, that became the headline. No sooner had we walked out the door of Reuters than the headline was up online. Largest advisor at LPL calls timing of IPO terrible. That was the headline, literally. I bet it's still out there somewhere. Oh, and my goodness. I my just blood ran cold. I was like, "Oh my, I am so sorry. I should have jumped in." You like that I that won't happen again. I like I mean, I was almost brought to tears by how terrible the situation was. I was actually certain we were going to lose the Carson account immediately, but to Ron's credit, he took it in stride. You know, he was very very kind about it. He's a very nice guy. So, you know, that was a very harrowing experience for me and something that I have not repeated <laughs> since. And I literally go on to interviews and I, I listen for leading questions almost ahead of anything else that I'm listening for. And I will stop it immediately if I hear one. Like I think a it's good safe example. To say probably safe to say after this podcast publishes that we will not be getting a call from LPL uh, about <laughs> helping them out with any external communications, right? It sounds like Jason's really learned from this experience. I don't know. I think LPL can appreciate that kind of growth. <laughs> Come on, this was this was almost fifteen years ago. I think I think it's water under the bridge right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And hey, as you always say, Jason, PR is a contact sport. You got to get your hands dirty sometimes. Yeah, I know. You also have to learn from your mistakes. That's how you are most, you most effectively learn in PR when you make a bad mistake and then you correct it and then you try not to repeat it. That's the best way. Absolutely. So when did you both know that you wanted to work in financial services, public relations specifically? Did you end up here serendipitously? Was it more always part of the plan? Give us a little bit of the backstory there. Uh, I can take this one first. For me, uh, it was a total accident. I uh, I had finished my enlistment in the Navy. I was back in my hometown wrapping up my undergrad degree, finished that up, didn't have anything going on. And my future wife, then girlfriend, decided she was moving to L.A. <laughs> and effectively said, like, didn't, it wasn't a, a debate. It wasn't, there was no question, like, should we move to LA? She declared that she was moving to LA and asked if I was coming. And I didn't have any good reason not to, to come along to LA. I didn't want to go, but I figured, okay, I don't have anything going on here. You know, I'm working in a wine store, great little wine store, by the way, but I didn't really see that as a career. So I decided, all right, what the, what the heck? I'm going to go out with her. We're going to try this out. And about four days into a five-day road trip, got a call from a friend of hers. She got a call from a friend of hers who happened to work for Joe Duran's brother-in-law. There we go. And and the the call was about this guy, Joe, who was starting a business. He was a very successful entrepreneur. He already sold his first business uh, to GE Capital and was looking to start up another one. He was coming out of a non-compete. And so I had the opportunity to interview with him. Uh, he interviewed me twice, made me read the manuscript of his book, start it, sell it, and make a mint. 
which I did read and then came <laughs> back and I passed the Joe quiz about what was in started and sell it and make a mint. <laughs> uh, riveting tome and then got the job. So I was very, very fortunate to sort of have fallen into this. And then the second piece is, you know, Joe's the type of entrepreneur and mentor that was looking at how hard I was working, but he wasn't satisfied with me coming in early, leaving late, like doing anything that was needed. He wanted me to have a career. So he challenged me to go home, think about what I wanted to do for my career, come back in. I chose marketing. You know, PR is a subset of marketing, as we say mm -hmm. at Street Cred, any good marketing strategy. And that's where I gravitated to uh, very quickly to the public relations side. And the rest is history. A strong mentor can make such an amazing difference. Love that experience for you. Jimmy, what I, about you? Yeah, I'll take it right from that mentor line because I was going nowhere pretty quickly. I was looking for my first internship between my junior and senior year, which I think is crazy because now we have people coming to us and uh, applying for internships after their their freshman year, which is bonkers to me. These kids should be lifeguarding on a beach or at a pool somewhere. But um, anyway, <laughs> uh, a good friend, a family friend of mine had offered me an internship at the aforementioned Peppercom. And I took the job with eyes wide open. And I was doing everything from building media lists from the Bacon's Media Maps book that uh, some people in the PR land might remember to moving boxes because they had just moved into a new suite in the Gray Bar building attached to uh, Grand Central. And during my first week, I was uh, set loose and pitching stories. And I remember I was able to get one of our clients who was the managing editor of Ticker Magazine, newly appointed on CNBC's Power Lunch. And I had the, I, it was then that I was hooked. And I knew that being in the world of media relations and public relations was what I wanted to do. And um, they had actually offered me a job to remain on in, into the fall and finish up school at NYU. But like any self-respecting mountaineer, I wanted to go back to West Virginia and enjoy my <laughs> senior year and catch a few more college football games and graduate with my my class and, and my friends. But uh, after graduating, I had joined uh, the firm again and, and had a, a great run where I still have a lot of great relationships and, and even mentors that are tied to my years in New York City. Lovely. You know, this is uh, this is why he's such a good PR practitioner because he I think he literally remembers every media hit he's ever secured for a client. <laughs> <laughs> I can attest to that. Jimmy Moak pulled out a Marie Claire for me once from 2006 with a media <laughs> hit in it that he secured just right off his shelf. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was me in Marie Claire. True. Um, <laughs> not to be forgotten. <laughs> As of the result, though, of building a very strong relationship with the reporter, which is another thing that Jimmy is an absolute star at. But I'm so glad that you both serendipitously found your way into this industry because we certainly need you in it. Let's pivot a little bit more into what we're doing today at Street Cred PR. 
You have built an amazing PR firm with an amazing team. What are some of the elements of your vision that were when you started the company that you still see thriving at Street Cred today? Can I go? Yeah, hit it. Well, I, I, yeah, hopefully Jimmy would agree with this. I think when we stood, this is a PR agency by PR practitioners for PR practitioners. So I think one of the things we take great pride in is taking care of our team. When we started it, like Jimmy and I came up in the trenches, just, you know, hand to hand combat in PR, learning by doing, right? Like we've, we've been in all kinds of situations. I mean, pushing almost 50 years combined of experience of doing this. And we've seen agencies from every conceivable angle. We've worked within them, um, had them report to us when we were in-house. So it was very, very important for us to create a space where PR practitioners can thrive and be supported. And you would expect me to say, okay, we're just going to create an agency where the client comes first. And they do, right? Like we, we treat the client's like gold. We revere our clients. We act as an extension of their brands and we take care of them. Right. But if you don't have happy PR people who are going out there, knocking on doors on behalf of your clients every day, then ultimately the clients that'll trickle into client service. It'll show itself by way of PR people who don't care, who aren't getting invested in their client's mission and their messaging, who aren't excited to get up every day and see their teammates. So Piece by piece, brick by brick, as we've been building this, we've always kept that in mind. We have to create an environment where PR practitioners can learn and grow and thrive in a space where they can collaborate and not compete with each other every day. Like, who's got the best coverage? Of course, they're going to do that, right? Like, any everybody's proud of the coverage that they get for their clients, but not in a not in a mean way, not in a combative way. It's collaborative, educational. So that I think has been the cornerstone of our success. We we don't tend to lose PR folks, knock on wood. We think we have great benefits. We hope we do and that our team feels the same way. And we're constantly checking in with them to see how we're doing. For me, that's the that's the main thing. If you can do that, if you have that in balance, then everything else you can sort out. Absolutely. And I will just attest to that. The team culture that we have at Street Cred is second to none. It's such a collaborative group. It's such a supportive group. Our leadership is so incredibly accommodating for each individual person's personality and style. And it's just amazing to see how we all come together under those conditions. Jimmy, what's your take? What's your thoughts? Honestly, I forget the question, but... Something that Jason said that I that I want to riff off of and something that you did earlier today, Elena, that bears mentioning. You had wished Kendra a happy birthday. And then later on in the Twitter thread was the picture of all of us at Future Proof last year. And I think, Jason, you were taking the picture, so you weren't in it. So sure. that would be a plus one to the group that we had on site in Huntington Beach. And I am blown away by how much the team has grown in under a year to be where we are right now. You see lots of times other PR firms in our industry and beyond patting themselves on the back for the amount of people that they've hired in a given year or a quarter or whatnot. But what they're really not telling you is how many people they've lost. 
So I am most proud that we have built a firm that has attracted top talent and has kept that top talent here because we're nothing without the team. And we know that, Jason and I, because we've been in, you know, like what he said, we are a PR firm for PR people. And we've we've seen other takes and other approaches and we know what it takes to build a place where people want to be. And that's the thing that I'm most proud of. I love that. And yeah, our retention of talent is incredible. And it really does take the right environment and culture to keep people in their seats doing the thing as a team. So fast forward to the future. What can we continue to expect from street cred as the years go by? I mean, at, at a at a baseline level, uh, we just want to continue to grow very carefully, and we take great pride in bringing clients on that we can get behind, and that the team can fully emotionally engage in. We actually, it's on our website on the homepage. Like we we take PR personally, and that's you know, it kind of kind of goes back to how Jimmy and I have always done it. Like we've we learned this by doing, and. We get really upset when things don't go our way with a client in the press. It's we true. Get, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's frustrating, right? And, and we get really excited when things go right. Like I jump around when we have clients on broadcast television, I'll have it on in my office and I'll be air punching and air karate <laughs> and like, yeah, like get that message point out. Let's go. Like we, I mean, we love this stuff. I can really, envision that yeah. so well. Yeah, we really love it. Uh, and we, we want our team to love it. And we want that love to shine through to our clients. Because if you have, again, you have all that imbalance, you got a PR team that loves what they do, clients that love our PR team, and everybody wants to go out and help each other, it, you're just going to get a much better result at the end of the day. So we're going to keep bringing on clients that we can fully champion and support. We're always going to be cognizant of our team's bandwidth and ability to deliver. I mean, Jimmy and Elena, you can both attest to this. Like we, we won't take clients on if we don't think we can do the work. We have to know that Definitely. we can deliver. We're not going to disappoint people because we're not doing what we said we're going to do. We will lose clients for any number of reasons we can't control. What we can control is delivering on what we say we're going to do. So we have to do that. We have to hire well. We have to take pride in our team. If you join this team, you've got to be willing to, to learn and to keep up with your teammates and support them and just and be a team player, be a, be a valuable piece of this team. So that's really it for me is just yeah. like keep growing in a smart way and, and don't take our foot off the gas. We have something special here. Absolutely. Another thing I'll say I'm really proud of about street cred is just how our clients are all phenomenal human beings. I truly am inspired by them. I look up to them. They're just incredible people to work with. They're kind, they're intelligent. Obviously, they know their field and their business and what they're doing, but they're also just lovely. So we've really built an amazing community between our clients and our team. Jimmy, what do you see in the future? Oh, Jason. I was just going to say one thing. So it dawned on me a minute ago, we're doing like exactly what we said we weren't going to do when we launched this podcast. We're just tooting the street cred horn for like the first half hour of the show, which is awesome. And it's it's so great. But this show in, you know, going forward, this is fine. That's kind of like a commercial for us. Right. But going forward, it's got to be about bringing clients on, telling their stories, bringing reporters on, talking about the PR stuff. I mean, I, we could talk about street cred all day. 
and how much we love our team and what we've built. And hopefully we haven't jinxed anything. I keep knocking on wood nervously, but uh, <laughs> this has been great, but we just definitely should pivot in the future to uh, talking about everyone else. <laughs> no, no need to worry. Believe me in the future, Elena and I are going to make for certain sure that we are concentrating on the play aspect of our clients, because I think that's really where we're going to strike a lot of gold and figuring out what, what our guests do for fun outside of their work in our industry. That's what I'm most pumped about. Um, street cred in the future, short term, you've heard me say it before, 1% better every day and just continue to build on that momentum. Long-term world domination. We are going to have PR people in every country on the planet, and we will be the largest, not just financial services PR firm, but the largest PR firm in the world. Edelman, we're coming for you. Nonviolent world domination, just to be clear. Yes, (laughs) very peaceful. Very peaceful. Um, All right, well, let's close out this first segment because I think we're all ready to play a little bit. Any final words of wisdom for firms considering a PR agency, what to look for, what to avoid, what you got? Find a PR agency that understands your business, that understands the industry you're in and your target market. And if they have that down, every agency has media relationships. Every agency, in theory, can write a press release and push it out, right? So, you know, don't just look for tactical things that you want your agency to do. Make a decision based on the energy level and the engagement level of who you're dealing with and whether or not they believe in you and they really want to support you every day. You shouldn't have to go to your PR agency and continuously ask them, what have they done for you lately? You should know because they should be holding themselves accountable to you every day. Leadership's involvement. If the leadership of the firm is not involved in your campaign, and if you are only seeing them during the sales process, that's when you know it's time to end the relationship. Jason and I are making, you know, we are concentrating and finding new and creative ways to make sure that either he or myself are present as possible on every campaign. Because again, we are truly investing ourselves into our client's mission. And you can't do that by pulling a disappearing act. Well said on both parts. All right. We've done the press. We get it. We get it. We get it. Let's do a little bit of play for the first question of this segment. If it weren't for financial services, what the heck would you two be doing with your time? I honestly can't envision it. So please tell me. (laughs) Well, I uh, growing up, I always wanted to be either a comedian or a talk show host. Problem is, I don't have I can see that actually. I don't have any (laughs) I don't have any good content. I'm scared of being on stage and my timing sucks. So I couldn't become (laughs) a comedian. But now I'm getting to live a part of my dream, which is co-hosting a show with you, Helena, which I think is going to be freaking awesome. Dreams come Um, true. I was the nine-year-old boy down the shore, staying up late, watching Johnny Carson with my parents and while all of the jokes were over my head i was i i was just like amazed how this guy would have all these guests and i didn't know who they were but everybody wanted to come on his show and talk to him and tell them their story and that i've followed along you know from 
Jay Leno, I wasn't so much of a big fan of. David Letterman, I thought was amazing. And uh, Jimmy Fallon, I like. And then now I'm listening to more podcasts and watching shows. So, yeah, I, I really wanted to be in entertainment, but, you know, financial services PR isn't a bad place to end up either. And we all find you very entertaining, despite the fact that you couldn't think of a joke before we started this show today. Sorry about that. <laughs> Told you. That's why I'm not a comedian. You're right. Timing, <laughs> timing off. You know, don't put him on the spot. I won't. I won't. Jason, what about you? I would probably be retired as a naval officer right now, which sometimes I, I ponder and is, is fascinating. Mm. But uh, I if I didn't move out to California with my future wife, I had fully intended to go back into officer candidate school in the Navy after I got my undergrad degree. And I was determined to do that. But the only problem was my wife explicitly <laughs> made clear that she had no intention of being a military wife, <laughs> was not going to be going with me around the world in any way, shape or form, and was off to L.A. So I was sort of at a crossroads. I had to make a call, and I think I made the right one. Um, got two amazing kids here in L.A. I thought we were going to be in L.A. for like two years, but here we are almost 20 years later, and um, planted roots here. We love it. Uh, but that would that would have been me. And, you know, most naval officers, when they get when they're pushing 50, they're ready to hang up their, you know, their bars. So I think that's probably assuming they would have taken me in the OCS. I think that's probably what, what I would have been doing. Wow. Quite a different life. I can relate to your wife's concerns, though, as somebody who moved around a lot as a child it can be difficult. Yes. Um so what do you two do for fun when you're not leading street cred PR, getting out in the field on behalf of our clients? We write press releases together at uh, Cute. midnight <laughs> Eastern time, nine Pacific. Oh, that's when Jimmy's having lunch, I hear. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's when he's breaking his fast. As I <laughs> um, well, I mean, I I like to spend time with my kids. I, my son is in golf now. My daughter is is an amazing student doing some really great stuff and spending time with the family. Um, I golf really badly, but I enjoy it. And uh, and that's it. And then, you know, sports, love to watch them. A big New York Knicks fan. And, uh, and that's it for me. Love it. Uh, Jason hinted at something that I think – uh, bears a, a little bit more meat. He and I laugh our asses off late at night when we're talking about industry doings, some of our wins, some of our losses, writing press releases. Like there's usually not a press. And I should be careful because you guys can now go into, or you will soon be able to go into Google Docs and retrace steps and see some of the stuff, the silly stuff that we write. But we'll go in there and we'll make up like just a crazy, absurd quote or a line in a press release that has no no place in there just to like make the other person laugh. And um, look, if, if if we're not having fun doing this, then why are we doing it? Exactly. Uh, but outside of work, when it comes to fun, uh, I am a, a doting dad. And I try to spend as much time with with Cassidy, who lives in the D.C. area. And then um, after that, I'm usually driving Olivia or Daphne to 
practices of some sort because um you know kids today if if not every minute of their day is filled up then they're playing on the ipad and their brain is turning to mush so uh being the dad uh, being a single dad of an eight and a ten year old half the time comes with a uh, a few stressors but i wouldn't give up any of them for a minute and the future of our planet thanks you for keeping them off of their screens and in the real world because we need our children there in the real world i'm trying i'm trying you're doing you're doing jimmy i see it see it in the vibes up slack channel all the time at street cred this has been amazing. Thank you both so much for being on the show. Thank you everyone who's listening today for bearing with us through this first episode. We can't wait to get to our next guest and we really hope that you enjoyed hearing our story and that you'll continue to tune into the podcast. Can I say one last thing? Absolutely. I just want to give a shout out to our entire team. I know we've praised them a couple of times on this show, but like Jimmy said earlier, we we can't do this alone. Like this takes an entire team unit to be going out there and holding ourselves to the same standards every day. Jimmy mentioned, if you're not having fun, what's the point that we fully believe that we love to laugh, have fun as a team. So our team is exceptional and they work harder than any PR team I've ever seen in my entire career. And I've seen a lot and they love what they do, which is also rare. If you can combine those two things, hard work with passion for what you do, fully investing in our clients success as well. They're just amazing. So we can't wait to to add more exceptional team members to that squad. Yes. Uh, and a shout out to all our clients as well. Thank you for taking a chance on us. We're we're approaching our third birthday. We'll be celebrating that at Future Proof uh, in September towards the end of this year, where Street Cred's the official PR partner for the whole event. Our whole team is going to be there. If you want to meet us, come see us there. Highly encourage you to do that. The picture that that you referenced earlier, Elena and Jimmy, uh, that was from Future Proof last September. So come hang with us there. Come meet the team. We want to meet you. And thank you to our clients and our team. One more shout out to Miss Elena. We're taking on the role of being the the host of the show and uh, getting us to here where we are about to hit stop on recording and then we will all have a huge sigh of relief but um you crushed it and i can't wait to uh to bring on future guests with you and have a little bit more fun thank employee, you jimmy employee number two at street cred elena krasnow i've uh, been crushing it ever since so thank you for all you do and for your energy Thank you, team. I appreciate you both more than I can say. I think I've said it enough on here already, though. So thank you so much. I can't wait to have our first guest on and get some clients on here to share their stories as well. Let's wrap this thing up. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening to Press Play, the Street Cred Podcast. Visit our website at streetcredpr.com and find us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Please don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. And if you enjoyed the episode, we'd love nothing more than if you would rate and review the show. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Street Cred PR. The content has been made available for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only. If you have questions about the show or Street Cred PR, feel free to reach out to us. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>